This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. It's time for Mark Madden's Gambling Fever. Oh no, wait, what are we supposed to call it? Madden Money Bets, the weekly betting podcast for our good friends at Bet Rivers. Uh, before we bring Tim Benz on, I've decided to come up with some prop bets that Bet Rivers would do well to post for Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback making his first NFL start for the Steelers when they visit Buffalo on Sunday. I got the over-under on passes attempted as 40, and I might bet over. A lot of passes going to be thrown because the Steelers are going to trail. Over-under on passes completed, I'd say 30, because Pickett's pretty good, and he'll come out hot. Over-under on touchdown passes for Pickett is 2. Over-under for interceptions thrown by Pickett is 2, because he's a rookie, and the Bills have the number one defense in the league, and he threw 3 in just a half against the Jets this past week. What am I, crazy? Over-under for interceptions is 3, maybe 4. Over-under on trips to the concussion tent is one because that's all it takes. You go there and you're done now after the Tua conundrum. Over-under on rushing touchdowns by Pickett is four because he's playing the whole game. He got two in one half against the Jets. First time a quarterback has ever done that in his first NFL game. It's like he was running the damn wishbone. My over-under on sacks of Pickett is five. The Steelers' offensive line has allowed the least pressures in the NFL so far, but this is the Bills. Like I said, number one defense in the league. And as far as the result goes, and we'll talk about who to bet on as regards that in just a few moments, the Bills are favored by 14. I think it's up to 14 and a half now. This ain't New England, Cleveland, or the Jets. They all beat the Steelers, but this is still different. This is Buffalo. The big kids are showing up now at the playground. Uh, I'm Mark Madden. Joining me now, my co-host, Tim Benz. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on some of my over-under. It occurs to me some of those bets might actually be available. 
They will be. They're not available yet. They usually come out on Friday or Saturday, depending on the start time of the game. But I think you're pretty close on a lot of those, especially the concussion tent one. I think you're spot on with that, because apparently the best way to diagnose a concussion is from a 1,000 feet away before the guy even reaches the sideline. And like you said, if you go in, you ain't coming out. And all that does is encourage the players and the trainers and the coaches to lie and say it's something else. Right, but even that might not do any good because the way the new protocol is, you can be cleared. They can say you don't have a concussion, and if you, like, stumble, they can say, no, you're wrong, you still have a concussion. They have thrown science right out the window uh, by way of appeasing the mob. Or, God forbid, you get blamed for checking out a player, seeing he doesn't have symptoms, go through, say, halftime, the symptoms come on, you properly take him out, and you're still excoriated by the feel-good mob on Twitter, as was the case in Tampa with uh, Cameron Braith. I think they should do what they did with Joe Cap in the original movie, The Longest Yard. How many fingers? How many fingers? Okay. Uh, there were two up, he kept saying three, and he went back in the game, Tim, because men were men when prisoners played the prison guards. How'd he do after that? Do you remember? Uh, they lost. Oh, well, okay. You know, Burt Reynolds, he decided not to throw the game after all. That would have been a weird game to bet on. It would have been. I'd like to do that over again now that gambling is legalized everywhere. Did you ever see the soccer version of The Longest Yard? No. What was that? Yeah, English movie, Vinnie Jones. Remember Vinnie Jones? Mm-mm. The actor, yeah, he was Sphinx in, uh, oh, what was the Nick Cage car movie? Gone in 60 Seconds. Okay. He was Sphinx, the guy who never talked. Oh, well, how was his role then when he spoke? No, he's good. He's a good actor. And uh, he was in a bunch of those, uh, oh, God, my, my memory is going, Madonna's husband, Guy Ritchie. Oh, yeah, sure. Those movies he made, he was in a bunch of those, too. He, he's a very good actor. But he played um, soccer for Wimbledon in England. He was a really dirty player. They did a remake of The Longest Yard. It was called Mean Machine in England. Oh, yeah, I've heard that title. In England. And, uh, and in that case, they tried to get him to throw the game because the warden had bet, you know, on, on the guards. Like you could somehow get action down on guards versus prisoners in English soccer. Well, the gambling history with soccer is a lot more recently twined than, say, was the case with football or baseball. As recently as how long ago was the Spanish thing? The, the early 90s, mid 90s for Spanish soccer? Oh, no, Italian soccer. Oh, Italian. It was Italian, right? Yeah, yeah. when Juventus uh, was involved in match fixing and they got stripped of the title and yeah. relegated. But in Italy, I mean, Italy's a cheating country, Tim. They didn't see it as that big of a deal. <laughs> they figured you, you, you pay the price and you, you move on. Uh, yeah, Liverpool had a goalkeeper named Bruce Grobelar who was accused of throwing matches. Except all the matches he alleged to have thrown, Liverpool won. Anyway, all but one. And it was funny because he got acquitted, but the judge decided he probably did it anyway. Even though, like I said, you know, Tim... I'm not that familiar with, like, fixing games, but if you say you're going to fix it and the result goes the wrong way, you got some splaining to do, Lucy. Yes, exactly, which is why if you look at college basketball with Headache Smith, it was so important to get the point guard for the Arizona State scandal because he controlled the tempo of the game. He could speed it up. He could slow it down. He could keep it away from the hot hand. He could make sure the ball goes out of bounds by accident occasionally, or he might get fouled a lot and, you know, have a bad day at the free throw line. Well, Grobelar won a bunch of trophies for Liverpool, so he's aces high in in my book. Uh, Tim, uh, before we go to some um, some games people can actually bet on, uh, Rivers doesn't book this, but 
you can bet on Giselle's next boyfriend and Tom Brady's next girlfriend. Uh, Rivers should get that up right away. I've given them a whole bunch of more prop bets to put up for Kenny Pickett, and I think we should be able to bet on on who Giselle's next boyfriend and who Brady's next girlfriend will be. What are your thoughts on either? Well, I think it's already locked, signed, sealed, approved that Giselle's next boyfriend is Antonio Brown. I think he gave that away on Instagram. He certainly applied that. Do you believe him? I don't believe that he has accomplished anything. I believe that he'd try, though. Um, and I would, sure, put my money on A.B. I think that would twist the knife as much as anything for Tom Brady. Well, with A.B. Such, being such a narcissist, when he moved in with the Bradys, you know, when he joined Tampa, I bet the first thing he thought of was, oh, I know why she wants me here. <laughs> and uh, I know I can I get see, her. I see, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, here, here's my favorites. I'm trying to think of Brady's girlfriend, though, and now I'm struggling instantly. I... Who's on the set of The Masked Singer? Is there anybody on the set of The Masked Singer? Well, did he do The Masked Singer? Well, he's supposed to if he hasn't already. Yeah, uh, well, here, here's my predictions. Giselle, you got to go with Pete Davidson. Because he's been with everybody else. Exactly. And you know he's hovering. No question, right? Yes. Um, although Zach Wilson wouldn't shock me, the boy toy. She, well, milf, she's definitely... Milf, milf, milf. In his category. And for Brady's ex-girlfriend... Tim, you know what would blow the whole world up? Kim Kardashian. He might do that just for the online social media play. By the way, Jenny McCarthy is the uh, female lead on The Masked Singer, as is Nicole Scherzinger. There's some quality there. There's some quality plastic surgery there. <laughs> At least it was when they did it decades ago. So, um, you know, there are people saying that we should leave Giselle and Brady alone, Tim. I'm on record as saying... You know, they've lived their lives in the public eye. They got married in the public eye. They've spent their whole lives in the spotlight. How can they expect to be left alone when they get divorced? That's in the public eye, too. I don't think that they expect it either. I think that, you know, the hopes are being foisted out there by Twitter Nation that by way of saying how much we should all leave them alone, you know they're also the first people that are looking up for dirt on them. You think there's any chance they get back together? Yes, I do. Well, you believe in love, don't you, Tim? You're an old romantic. Oh, I'm not believing in love. I'm believing in um, what the divorce settlement might look like and how long it might take to hash that thing out. And maybe they both lose in the end. Wouldn't you think they would just each keep their own money? I would think so, but I don't know what the prenup looks like. And by all accounts, didn't she make more during her marriage than he did? Yes, and it wasn't close. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's disproportionate like that. I don't know if it goes down that way, especially when Brady, even by Brady standards, knows that the income days... Well, I take that back because he does have the massive contract from Fox that's sitting out there, right, after he retires? to do TV, but do you think he'll take advantage of that or do you think he'll just – you see, here's what I think. I don't think he'll ever do TV because I think now that that pesky wife of his is out the way, the ball and chain, I bet he plays till he's 50. Oh, that's something else I think you might be able to bet on, actual age of Tom Brady's retirement. But then again, how do you cash in on that? Because let's say it's 49 and a half and it goes under, and let's say he comes back. Then what? Do you have to give your money back? I don't think it works that way. Tim, I might not live to see the end of Brady's career. <laughs> Mark, I'm rooting for you. I got you. I got the over on that, that for you. That's a depressing thought. Uh, no, but I think he's a lock to play till he's 50 if, if somebody will have him. And I think somebody will always have him. And do you think he'll finish his career in Tampa now, assuming he plays till he's 50? No, I think he'll end his career in Pittsburgh because by then we'll be sick of picking. It'll be time for Brady. He would have forgotten about Spygate and Deflategate by then. Well, don't you think he'll jump around to try to steal another ring if Tampa Bay's not up to snuff? Yes, I do, especially if the Dolphins thing has fallen through. I mean, I can see him trying to do 
what Mario did. Um, I can see him trying to do what I think LeBron wants to do, which is own a team and play for it at the same time, what the Dolphins tried to get him to do. Uh, If he can find a spot to land that way where he can be player and owner, if the Dolphins thing could ever manifest again, I could see him playing out his career in one city if that were to be the case. But I don't think it's going to be Tampa. I don't think the Glazers would give him part ownership. Maybe he'll give him part ownership of Manchester United. Maybe he can play for Manchester United, although they benched Ronaldo. <laughs> They're benching the old guys over there, Tim. What would he be, a goalie, Brady? What would he be as a soccer player? What would he, his, his soccer equivalency be? You know, I don't see his athleticism translating in the least. Like with Cristiano Ronaldo, who is, by the way, legitimately benched by United. He's like a sub, mm-hmm. and he's looking to get out, I think. But he wants to go to like a team that can win the Champions League that'll make him a regular those don't exist. <laughs> you know, it, it's that time of his career. So I bet he goes to MLS. But anyway, when I look at Ronaldo, when I looked at him as a kid especially, because he is, you know, arguably the best athlete of his generation, best pure athlete. What's his size? Like, how big is he? How heavy is he? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think he's about about 5'11", maybe like 185, and like very muscular, as the underwear ads indicate. Uh, I Slot receiver? No, strong safety. Okay. Like, because he'd add, if he played football, he'd add another 20. Without losing speed, I, I, I see him as a strong safety. Watch, I'm going to look this up, Mark, and it's going to be like in meters, and I'm not going to be able to do the... Uh... Well, well, no, I just looked up Ronaldo, and it actually gave me the Portuguese city. That's not what I'm looking for. I bet their height and weight's uh, <laughs> pre- pretty pretty considerable. While we wait for Tim to look up Ronaldo's height and weight. <laughs> By the way, Tim, did you know his statue in Portugal, uh, at his insistence, has a considerable bulge? He asked for it to bulge in well, the I mean, area where you want it. That's not on the record, but people say, and like, for good luck, people touch the bulge. The bulge is getting worn out. <laughs> it's not going down, is it? Uh, I don't know. Worn, I mean, it, it, Tim, doesn't it get eventually get worn out for everybody? I think it does, especially when you reach that certain age like Ronaldo is at. I remember uh, a National Lampoon article. They had like a gossip columnist with fake gossip. It said, for those in the know, Mick Jagger's penis is worn out. Those who see the million-dollar dingus says it looks like the thumb on an old catcher's mitt. Six foot two, by the way. I don't have his weight. Is he really? Yeah, six foot two. I never two. would have thought that. Yeah. I never, well, that's strong safety for sure then. Isn't it amazing that, that I can't remember, like, the Steelers, you know, depth chart, but I can recite passages from National Lampoon from, like, you know, how many years ago? God, that's... That's 50 years ago now. Well, you've said many times as you get older, your level of interest, your breadth of interest narrows, right? Well, no, this is more that my brain's... I just think your brain as you're getting my, older my, as well. No, my brain's dissolving, but but I'm more likely to remember from back when than I am last week. And that's okay by me. Um, yeah, and my biggest influence is National Lampoon, Cream Magazine, uh, Jim Bouton. I mean, I, I have, I have uh, different influences than most sports guys. But let's move on to something people actually can bet on. Uh, more easily anyway. You know, Tim, I always give a pick of the week. And right before we taped this podcast, my pick of the week went to hell. And probably had before that, but I just didn't didn't realize. I was going to take the Giants plus eight at Green Bay. Saquon Barkley is leading the league in rushing. And I'm not impressed with what I've seen with Green Bay so far. I mean, they're hanging in there. Uh, so I think New York's going to lose at Green Bay, but keep it inside of an eight-point spread. But Danny Dimes is hurt. The quarterback, and while I don't have that much faith in him, uh, you know he is the quarterback of record for an, a three and one start for the New York Football Giants. Well, this game is in London, so keep that in mind. That's the English oh, game. That's right. That's right. So, well, I haven't researched my pick of the week all that well. Then, yeah. 
One of the you reason- know, this is the first time, by the way. Actually, I did know that. This is the first time two winning teams have been have played in England. Not only that, but the Packers have a couple guys that have been over there before. And they're grousing and grumbling about it. Rasul Douglas went on a rant about how much he hated going to London previously when he was with the Eagles. I think it's stupid they go there, but go ahead. So my point is maybe they are a lot less enthused as a team. And those games tend to tend to stay almost artificially close because they are in England and the time change and all that. And here's I'm going to go. My picks of the week are basically going to be anybody with a big spread. And that includes the Steelers, even though they're 14-point underdogs, and I think deservedly so. If you saw last week, Pro Football Talk had this, 15 of the 16 games in the NFL, at some point or another in the fourth quarter, were within one score. So we're within eight points. And I think it's something like 53 of 64 overall in the four weeks. That's incredible. So if you got the Steelers at plus 14, or the Falcons at plus 9, or the Giants at plus 8, or maybe buy a point with Vegas plus 7 against Kansas City, you're covered somewhere in the fourth quarter, and at least you're in it to the end. Well, in that vein, Tim, my pick of the week is is Bills minus fourteen <laughs> because I just think they're going to kill the Steelers. I think it's possible, but like I, you know, I look at this game potentially being like you just said with Kenny Pickett. All the numbers you gave about Kenny Pickett, maybe forty passes, maybe thirty uh, re- receptions, thirty completed passes. If you look at the potential score to get within fourteen, like my number that popped into my head was thirty to nineteen. That covers. And it could be 30 to 12 in the fourth, and Pickett gets a garbage touchdown to pick ends. The number that popped into my head was 31 to 3. <laughs> I, I, you see, I think we're giving Pickett far too much credit after a mistake-riddled half of football he played. Mm-hmm. And when, even though he was the best quarterback in the draft, he lasted till the 20th pick overall. We're assigning more pedigree and better performance to him than he rates. In part because we saw so much of it. At Pitt, I think. Oh, I don't think they would have drafted him had he not gone to Pitt. Do you? I'm trying. I've, I've often rattled that around in my head. I don't it, think it, so. I don't it, think it so. It depends where he went. Like if he had gone to Utah, then no way. So let me put it to you this way: like if they had gone to Duquesne, pro- probably not. <laughs> well, Art, you never know because of Art, he did go to Duquesne. He does have a degree from Duquesne. But you know, like Malik Willis. Let's let's say Pickett went to the Saints, like some people thought he would have, and Malik Willis is there. I could have seen them taking Willis anyway because Willis was looked upon as a year development guy and they had Trubisky anyway. Pickett is a different story because I think they saw him as the most cable ready, but I do think that they thought that Willis might be better someday. But they know what their playoff situation has been the last five years. They want a guy who's more ready now and more of a sure bet to build around, so they got him. But I don't know if they're as tempted to do it or feel the pressure to do it if he went to Utah. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs for for the next uh, this year, next year, the year after. I think they're out of the playoffs this year and two more. I think I think they're pretty bad. I know, but I just think with the way the NFL works, you can be a six-win team and then be a nine-win team in two years. I don't, that's not the hardest thing in the world. And nine wins gets you in these days. I would think the Steelers would have a better shot at that if they would see themselves as they really are and make the bold moves that that correspond to them seeing themselves as they really are. But they, they're bad at doing that. I think they think they have a playoff team this year. I think they think that by putting Pickett in, they can save the season. 
and you think that they think so long as we have T.J. Watt for 17 games, we'll make the playoffs any year, and they're too nuts to realize that's just never going to happen? Yeah, he's done playing 17 games. In fact, I think he might be done playing as many as 10 games, which is why they should have franchised him. Yeah, they're, they might get to the point where, maybe not voluntarily, but I mean, like, in terms of his stats and his production and his snap counts, you're going to have to judge him essentially on an NBA load management kind of level. That's where he is. But they won't. It's the same with the Penguins. They should load manage Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, especially if it becomes apparent they're going to make the playoffs for sure, but they just won't do that. People are ranting, not Tim. The latest rant I get on my show is, well, they're going to waste T.J. Watt's whole career. He's never going to win a playoff game, to which I say, yeah, but there's also a bad side. <laughs> well, and, and you know what? Like, How are they supposed to be responsible for his injuries? Like, If his injuries are what's keeping... Because people are arguing this both at the same time. If it's his injuries that are, arg- are, are arguably keeping them from the playoffs, then how are the Steelers responsible for his injuries and they're keeping him from succeeding in his career? How does that make any sense? Uh, it's like it's like Penguin fans. They said, well, if only Jari would have played Same against thing. the Rangers, yes. they would have won the series. Then they say, well, if only Jari wouldn't have played, uh, uh, they would have beat the Islanders the year before. Well, which is it? It's exactly the same guy. And who would have subbed in for Jari against the Islanders? And then again, I mean, uh, Deming, right? Is that his name? I'm Louis trying Deming, to forget yes. it. Yeah. Spicy I mean, pork and broccoli. If Casey DeSmith would have played that series, they might have won. They might have. Yes, I think Because all you needed was a slight upgrade, but he got hurt too. You only need a slight upgrade at certain times as well. Some of the really bad goals, like the one where he punched up in the air. You know, <laughs> DeSmith doesn't do that. In its own way, that was magnificent. Now, my, so my bet of the week is uh, take the Bills, give the 14, although... I think a better bet with that game is you could tease the Bills down to a given seven, and they're at minus 265, but that could be really useful in a parlay. Yes, it could be. Yeah, and you can, that might be the way to go with some of these uh, big time, you know, kind of above one score favorites like the Bills, uh, like the Packers, um, whoever's playing the Falcons. I don't remember what it was now at this point, where they're plus nine. Just take them in a two or three teamer. Uh, my, my bet of the week probably is going to be uh, Jacksonville again at minus seven. Like you can get that down to minus six and a half. I, I think Jacksonville's real enough at this point uh, to beat some teams that they're better than by a touchdown, believe it or not. Yeah, but they didn't do so good this past week, did they? They got it back close again. Yeah, but they're going to be up and down, I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. Well, the whole South is going to be up and down. They were taking a shot, but I mean, I I don't have as much faith in them as I did uh, before they lost this past week. Here's another game I liked, Tim. I like San Francisco giving six and a half at Carolina. San Francisco has a really good defense. I mean, really good. Might be the best in the league. I think their offense looks so much more organized with Jimmy G, which we kind of figured it would. And I think Carolina's going nowhere. Oh, they are. I, they might They might end up being the worst team in football. I had better hopes for them with Baker Mayfield, and McCaffrey's not hurt yet, is he? He's been dinged. Of course he has He's, been. He always is. Um, but by, by the way, it's the Texans that the Jags are playing, so they can beat the Texans by a touchdown. Well, I, I kind of like San Francisco giving a six nap. I also like the Ravens giving three at home against the Bengals. I think that the Bengals clearly have a Super Bowl hangover, and I think the Ravens are the best team in a division. I do, but I still think that division, at least at the top, is only going to be separated by two games. Like I see, you know, Ravens with, you know, 10 wins, 
Bengals with nine wins and the Browns with eight or something like that. So, Tim, just so we're clear, because we we obfuscated our actual picks of the week by giving a bunch yes. of different picks. That's a good way to do it, by the way. It, 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 very good. But but I got I, I'm, I got the Bills giving 14 to the Steelers. Who do you got? I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to buy a half point, get off the hook, and then make it six and a half. The guy, I, I love these stories. Tony Khan, who the family owns the Jaguars and Fulham and All Elite Wrestling. You know, all elite wrestling's locker room is in total chaos. Like guys fighting each other backstage. They've had major brawls backstage like twice in the last six weeks. You know, guys getting suspended, sent home. And Tony Khan, the owner, the the, the son of Shad Khan, the money guy, right? Yeah. He said that sometimes in the AEW locker room, he'll get a phone call and talk transfer business with Fulham Football Club, like players coming and going. And I go, boy, if I'm a Fulham fan, I really take great heart in that, that the guy <laughs> takes a second away from his fake wrestling to discuss the future of the roster. There's only three teams that have gone down by two wins. The Colts, the Commanders, and the Steelers. They're one of only three teams to have a minus two drop in the win total. They got the Steelers now at five and a half for the win total at this point. Uh, that's kind of what I have. Yeah, they were at seven and a half to start. I mean, I never changed my prediction, and I said seven to ten at the beginning of the year. And I, I think if although there's there's a school of thought, Tim, I, I forget what ex Steeler said it. Maybe Chris Hoke, but he said if Watt had stayed healthy, the Steelers would be four and zero right now. You buying it? No, no, I don't think that. Just just by nature of who the Steelers are and how they play, um, I don't think that they're going to be four and zero against anybody because they tend to let. Fourth quarter leads vanish, and the defense. I, I can't picture him. The defense pl- wasn't any good last year with Watt. They were twenty fourth in the league, and I know he missed some games. The run defense was always bad, regardless if he was in there right. or not. Exactly. Collectively, exactly. Um, so, uh, and, and and that's one of those hypotheticals. You can just bend it, like like like. I think if they had been in his prime, Tim, not not last year, Ben, but been in his prime. They'd be three and one anyway. Well, I know this here. I'll, I'll meet. Actually, if they had been last year, they would have beat the Jets. Yes, and I'll meet Hoke somewhere in the middle on this one. I'll say they would have been. I, they could have been three and one if you're going to tell me that the long snapper didn't get hurt for the Bengals. Because remember, Watt was in the game until very close to the end. You know, he was in on that scoring drive for Cincinnati. So tell you what. Koki, if you give me the long snapper staying in for the Bengals, then yeah, maybe, maybe they are three and one at this point, but not four and zero. Oh. What do you think Pittsburgh's going to be like if they get to like one and seven or two and six? Well, they'll be worried. Well, depends. How's Pickett doing in that one and seven? If Pickett's looking good and the defense just sucks, they'll be okay. Really? Well, then the Heat will just be on Tomlin. See, Why I, aren't you doing more with Pickett? Why are you wasting Kenny Pickett's first I, year? I think they brought in Pickett to try to save the season. I think when you bring him in at halftime of week four, you want him to save the season. And I think to some people, those are the expectations now. Yes. I think they feel because the Steelers have been in this situation before and they've managed to rally enough to stay pertinent until December, they feel like Pickett can at least do that. They've been 0-4 under Tomlin. They've been 1-3. This is different. This team... They've never been one and seven. Very good, and the schedule is is onerous. It's it's horrible. It opens up a bit after the bye, but the problem is after the bye, you still got one against the Bengals, one against Washington, the Browns, and two against the Ravens. And you know, two things that I said would undermine the Steelers this year and why they was they would finally have a losing season under Tomlin. 
They weren't going to get the miracle help at the end of the season to get in the playoffs that they got from the Jags last year. And there was no way they were going to sweep the Browns and Ravens again like they did a year ago. And that's already proven to be true. Tim, I'm not a big fan of college football, but that doesn't mean that you can't bet on it. Got any games that people should be looking at there? You know, I actually haven't been as in tune on college football this week. And I'm doing that for a reason because I got so locked in. Because you hate it like I do? No, because I got so locked in on two games last week and then I backed off of them and now I hate myself because I didn't bet them. Um, I'll give you one that I do like and that's a Friday game actually. I think Rutgers covers against Nebraska. Uh, I think that they are, you know, I think Nebraska is still in a state of disarray. Rutgers is getting a field goal. I'll take it if you're going to give me that that there. Um, I don't know so much about the local teams. I haven't spent much time looking at their lines at least of late. I'm still depressed from Pitt losing to Georgia Tech, which, by the way, not Why, depressed. Was that your, pit of the, your no, pick of the week or no, something? No, actually, it's pretty funny, you know, because Blowhard and Arduzzi couldn't, you know, back up, oh, we're disrespected in the rankings. Then you lose to a team that just fired its coach and AD and may have the worst program in the Power Five. It's still 14, I think, against Virginia Tech. Uh, well, I mean, Pitt's better than that result, but Pitt's annually better than at least... One or two results. Uh, but, Tim, I happened to be caught at home. I just got back from Vegas, and I was tired. I was going to go to the Riverhounds game, but the weather was bad. So I watched Pitt and Georgia Tech on TV. I mean, never mind them losing. What a shambles of a game that was. That was a terrible game. Um, the flow, the you know, the, the weather played a role, of course. And it was, unfortunately for Pitt, what kind of gets looked upon as a classic pick kind of loss. One you just didn't see coming. There was no reason for it. I stayed away from that game because of the whole coaching change thing. What does that do for the opposition? I didn't want to get in on that one. Um, This one I'll get in on, though, and I I just don't think Pitt right now, with its offensive situation being what it is, I don't think they're 14 and a half points better than anybody. It's up a half point. I'll take the Hokies. I know they're not good this year, but I'll take Virginia Tech getting 14 and a half. I agree. I don't think Pitt is 14 and a half better than anybody. The ones that burned me last week that I was just locked in on, I said, this is going to hit, this is going to hit, and I was so sure of it, I scared myself off. Wake Forest against Florida State and Northwestern and Penn State. I don't know why people thought Penn State was going to put up that many points against Northwestern to, to cover that spread. Okay, Tim, I want to give my Premier League bets. Um, and, and and might I add, I, I did not bet this past match week because I was away. But uh, but here here's one bet I'm considering is Southampton are at Manchester City. Manchester City lead the league and they're killing everybody. Southampton is plus nineteen hundred, plus nineteen hundred, and a tie is plus nine hundred. Why am I looking at that? Southampton tied City twice last year. Is there a reason tactically why that panned out the way that it did? No, just lucky, I think. <laughs> okay, but, so I probably won't bet. And 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 City didn't have Erling Holland last year. Who, uh, by the way, listen to this number, Tim. For him to score against Southampton, just to bet on him to score, yeah, he's minus three hundred five to score. Okay, because he has fourteen goals in eight Premier League games, five goals in three Champions League games. He is a juggernaut. He's going to break every record. What is considered a is that considered a highly narrow line to score in soccer? Then, oh my God, it's ridiculous. Yeah, what, what would be an average for a good player? Six hundred? Not that. Like I was thinking, like what's what would Aaron Judge was to Homer towards the end? That was probably in like the four twenty five range. Well, no, every guy's in the plus to score. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, I mean, probably plus like like most solid in his prime, like which unfortunately might not be now. It would be like plus you know one eighty maybe. One eighty. I, I mean, okay. I'm just kind All of right. talking, you know, out my backside. But so I'd probably leave that game alone. Here are my two picks I'm going to make. Uh, 
Uh, Spurs are at Brighton. Brighton are kind of the flavor of the month in uh, flavor of the year so far, really, in, in the league. They've off to their best start in club history, Premier League start. Uh, Spurs are, are a team favored to make top four and qualify for Europe. Uh, they're plus 183. Spur, uh, Brighton's plus 175. A draw is plus 250. So every bet is a plus bet. I'm going to go with Spurs. I, I don't think their momentum is going to be broken, even though it's going to be a tough nut to crack at Brighton. Brighton just lost their manager a couple weeks back. He went to Chelsea. So, um, you know, I would think they'd have a problem after that, except their first game with a new manager was against Liverpool, and they tied Liverpool, which sucked. So I'm going to go with Spurs plus 183 at Brighton. Then Liverpool and Arsenal play. Arsenal on top of the league right now. Liverpool, I, I think, in ninth place at at two wins, one loss, and four draws. Tim, this is a natural. A, a draw is plus 270. Liverpool have tied everybody else. Why wouldn't they tie Arsenal? That looks like a good place to go for soccer. Can I give you one for baseball? Well, like one last thing. I, I'm serious when I say bet to draw. Because drawing becomes a habit. You know, that like, might sound dumb, but it does. Teams even, just fall into that lull. Even when you know you can't draw, you still will. Because you're, you've gotten into the practice of keeping it close, and that's good enough, well, that it, sort of put, thing. Put, put, put it this way, Tim. Uh, two of Liverpool's most famous second-place finishes. One year they lost one game and didn't win the title because of too many draws. Another year they lost two games and didn't win the title. Too many draws. Um, I'm going to go in baseball with the Braves in the National League at plus 215, not the Dodgers. I just, I've just i decided that I've fallen for the Braves again. How about this? Since the 92 series, which will be 30 years old next week. Oh, I know. Cabrera and Sid Bream. I know. Um, since that, the Braves have won the East or the division, because I think they have one more year in the West before the strike. They've won their division 18 times and gone as a wild card twice. The Pirates have had four winning seasons. They've never won a division. Well, that's because un- the Braves run their team to win and the Pirates My suck. My God. That's just overwhelming, though. But, but so you, we need to say stuff like that to point out the disparity. Yeah. Yes. You, you know, so, um, but, uh, but uh, I, you know, Aaron Judge only hit like, he, he got to 60 quick that only hit two more. Yeah. I think a lot of people lost money just hoping to bet, hoping to bet, hoping to hit it every day, and the math caught up to him at the end. How about a guy who's already a millionaire caught the 62 home run Isn't ball? he more than a millionaire? Well, he's the vice president of some, some you know, tech thing, multi, yeah. multi-billion, billion-dollar investment firm. But that's the guy you wanted to catch the ball, yes. right? That's yes. exactly the guy you wanted. Yes. To, that's going to turn this into a deal and turn this into a money-making opportunity. And you would think that the guy who has money would be the most likely to just give it? That's not true if you know guys who have money. And I could tell, based on the way he was acting in front of those cameras, that's not that guy's attitude. He wants to make a little more on this. Who do you think is going to win the whole thing in baseball? And by the way, let me just say, I miss the one-game wildcard games. Those were yeah. so much fun. I really miss them. Yeah, I miss those, especially during the day, you know, like the build-up throughout the course of the day. It felt like uh, the first weekend of NFL playoff action. And I still think the division winners that get a bye get kind of screwed because they are idle too long. Yeah. So, you know, baseball-wise, I'm picking the Dodgers, but, um, you know, for betting influences, 215 for the Braves. I think the Braves can do it. Uh, the Braves are my gambling pick. The baseball guy in me says the Dodgers. Yeah, but value for money, the Braves. The Braves at plus 250. But, you know, the Dodgers are still plus 110. They're still getting plus money to bet on a team that won 110 games. I give the Braves a lot of credit, though, because they won last year. They lost Freddie Freeman. They went out and got that, what's that guy's name, Olsen from the A's? Yeah. Who's filled in just as well. I mean, he had a year, you 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 know, Roughly comparable to what you would expect from Freeman, correct? That's part of the reason why, like I just said, they've won 18 times since Sid Bream 
went across home plate. They do stuff like that. But they've won the World Series so few times for yeah, the twice. amount of opportunity yeah. they've had. And especially back in that day, we're talking about the amount of pitching they had. Yeah, and there was, uh, there was a pretty good gap between the one that they won and this most recent one, too. Although, Tim, you know, starting pitching now means less than ever, which is amazing that those guys still get so much money. Did you know last year in the postseason, for the first time in Major League Baseball postseason history, starting pitchers were responsible for less than 50% of the outs in postseason baseball? Wow, I thought you were going to say that there wasn't a complete game, and now I'm starting to think. Well, oh, there's never a complete game. But, yeah, but, 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 but responsible. I mean, for- you still get the occasional Jack Morris kind of kind of thing. But you know, I, part of the reason why teams get to the playoffs is because they got a good bullpen, so managers always go to their bullpen. What's your over under for Pirates wins next year? They're at a hundred. So that's sixty two. I actually think like I think they could be ten games better. But that's still only 72 wins. That's not saying much. So well, like people, I'll say 71 and a half. People are all pumped over O'Neill Cruz, and rightly so. He could win the Triple Crown next year. They still wouldn't finish 500, and that's no kidding. Oh, they, I don't think they'll be 500. I think no, no, could, but I'm saying he could have the best year in baseball, and it wouldn't get them even to 500, yeah. which says a lot about how far away they really are. Right, and you know, you hear things like Cabrian Hayes saying he's got back and hip problems at the end of the year. Do you believe that? I don't know. I, yeah, to a degree, I do. No, he's lying. If he really had hip and back problems, that'd have shut him down. Maybe not to the point where he can't get up in the morning, like was being said. That sounds like he was making it sound like he was Mario Lemieux and he couldn't tie his skates. I think it's a flat out lie. I think if he was if he was that incapacitated, that'd have shut him down. I do think that the young starting pitchers will be a little bit better. And again, I'm saying this to talk myself into 72 to 75 wins. That's still not a lot. Yeah, well, I keep hearing it's going to get better, and I'm going to talk about this on my show uh, today. We're taping this on Thursday, Thursday on the X. Like, like, how much better? And when? Okay, because if, 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 if you're promising me, like, three years of wild card bursts and, and you don't win a series, that's not good enough for what I'm being promised. Yeah, and to get further than that, you got to spend more money than they're willing to. Am I right? They still haven't won a postseason series since we are a family. Right, nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, and you know that's again part of the reason why thirty feels so long ago because, like you just said, those three wild cards were great. It's even easier to make a wild card now, you know, especially with the, we'll see what they do with the playoffs next year. Who knows if they tweak it next year? Why but- do you think so many people buy into to their development? And, and it's only on Twitter. It's certainly not translating into ticket sales because you can never be wrong. Because you can just say, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And every day, the sun does come up. So you can just keep being right every day and saying, it's coming, it's coming. You can forget about who you predicted and projected would be coming. You can just keep harping on the future. That's That was why. a Marilyn Chambers movie title, Up and Coming. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, you know, here's a quick story to wrap this up. Did you know, Tim, like, and, and there's some, there's a, there's a, there's a merchant, a, a tavern, a bar near PNC Park they will not have me endorsed because I, I think the pirates are rotten. The bar doesn't want you to endorse yep, them. They, they don't want me to endorse. They talk to they talk to the station about me endorsing, and they they said no, he doesn't like the pirates. And that's because that's what ninety percent of their business because the park is open. 80 well, like games I said to the guy, like I said to the guy, go listen. All you need is like is like four thousand in that park because that'll get you four hundred in your bar. That's all you need. But now I guess he's a Bucko fan. You know what, Tim? That's an endorsement hill I'll gladly die on. <laughs> that is Tim Benz. I'm Mark Madden. Thank you for listening to Madden Money Bets here on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Don't forget Bet Rivers. What's that slogan? Bet now from anywhere. I love it. 
Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.